0: I am you, and you are me. It's just a crazy
1: storm. Over a five-year period, we're talking about a 60, maybe even a 70% drop in the number of available ski holidays. That's an extraordinary figure.
2: And every client we've spoken to has said, if we can ski, we're going to ski this winter.
1: I'm Peter.
0: And I'm Felice.
1: Welcome to our travel podcast. We're specialist travel writers, and we've spent half a lifetime exploring every corner of the world.
0: So we want to share with you some of our extraordinary experiences and the amazing people we've met along the way. This week we're
1: taking a look at the future shape of ski holidays in the uncharted new world in which we now find ourselves.
3: Frankly, we're hoping that a lot of the people who used to go with other companies will will go with us.
4: If people can avoid main seasons, they should avoid. Maybe look for another, like a smaller ski resort, a a less crowded one.
5: And I think we will come out the other side if our governments are clever.
1: Fragmented views on the run-up to what promises to be the most unusual winter season since the last years of the 19th century, when Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, creator of Sherlock Holmes, first revealed to us all that the best sensation in the world, at least when you're standing up, is to be found on a pair of skis. To be fair to the Baron of Begg Street, snowboards had yet to be invented.
0: So this winter, will we be wearing face masks and skiing two metres apart? Well, I think we'll be
1: wearing masks in the socially distanced lift queue and actually on the lifts themselves, but... Two metres apart? Hopefully we always ski at least two metres apart. The exception of course is often on some rammed alpine home slope in mid-February during the European school holidays when everyone, anyway, tends to get far too close for safety or comfort. There's also another little problem. If you do run into a friend or even an acquaintance on or off the slopes, the previously obligatory air kisses two on the cheek in France and Austria or Italy and three in Switzerland are now out of the question. An awkward... Uh, hi there. Uh, hi. Seems to be the bland post-Covid substitute. You could try an elbow bump, of course, but frankly it doesn't convey the same message, whatever that message is, and there's always a risk that you'll knock them over.
4: And
0: what about après-ski? Things like table dancing, the moose vert in St. Anton, the folly douce in Val and Valterance, Red Bull and vodka, moë and Chandon?
1: Muted rather than Moet is, I believe, the word. Think siesta or swimming. Think culture rather than Kronenburg. Here's a view of three very different chalet tour operators who have so far made it through the chariot race of Covid, while a number of their rivals have already been crushed beneath the financial wheels. Frankly, it's survival of the fittest. I tell you, it's tough out there.
0: But first, we should explain to listeners outside the UK what a chalet holiday actually is. The British have been having these since the 1950s. Basically, a tour operator has a chalet a lodge, or an apartment for the whole season. They then offer catered holidays with food and drink included, and often flights and airport transfers as well, along with a high level of service. It's a bit like staying in a small hotel, and the star rating depends on your budget. You can share with others, or you can have the whole chalet to yourself and your friends and family. You can pay £400, that's over $500, or £10,000, that's $13,000, or even more per person per week.
1: So here's Nick Morgan of Yorkshire-based Lusky, which offers travel-inclusive chalet holders in Courchevel, La Tanya, and Val So Nick, you take about 5,000 guests to the Alps each winter. What's happening this winter? Um, I'm hoping to take roughly similar numbers, to be honest with
3: you. And actually, the way things are looking at the moment, I'm optimistic that uh, that we'll be on target to take that the same number. Fortunately, because we 've been going for so long we 've been going for thirty eight years so we, we have a really good long relationship with our with our guests, and about three quarters of those guests come back on holiday with us every year, so they know us and they trust us so when Covid closed the ski resorts in March, roughly half of them just said look it 's fine we 'll defer till next year so that was obviously extremely helpful for our cash flow uh, and we 're very grateful to them and we also have had a a long relationship with most of our chalet owners and they were extremely understanding and very helpful financially to us. So that's meant that we're actually on on a pretty good footing for coming season, which I know is not the same for all operators. And and sadly, some of them are not going to be operating at all next winter. It does mean, though, that the, the supply of chalets, catered chalets in the French Alps in particular, it's going to be severely diminished. Frankly, we're hoping that a lot of the people who used to go with other companies will, will go with us. It might seem a bit mercenary, but I think that's the way things have to be.
1: Well, it certainly looks to me as if the number of uh, holidays being offered, in particular, chalet holidays by tour operators, is down somewhere around 30 to 50% down and might get a lot worse as we get into autumn. If, if you then factor into account that over the past four years there's been a big reduction in chalets anyway, largely because of the advent of Brexit, we're talking really about something like 60% less holidays available than there were five years ago, four or five years ago. So
3: it means survival of the fittest, I guess. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. I mean, that's those are remarkable figures, aren't they, when you think about it? But also that the Brits are a pretty resilient bunch. I mean, we have to be, don't we? Because we've had so much thrown at us over the last 10 years from you know the, the collapse of sterling, through to the ridiculous idea of Brexit, and and now with COVID. But but I, I just think that the the Brits will want to continue going to Cater chalice in the Alps. It's how they it's how they love to holiday. You know everything's done for them. And also, I think Brits want a package which is financially covered. I do think that those of us who are operating a full package, flights, transfers, cater chalices, I think that we will continue to have a, a good strong demand.
0: Do you just take? British people, or do you have people from elsewhere as well? The vast vast
3: majority are British. You know, we have some Americans, we have some Australians, we have some some people regularly coming from Turkey. We have quite a few Scandinavians, some of whom fly down in their own private jet to Shamboree and and leave it there for the week. We've got all sorts, but the vast majority take our flights, either British Airways from Manchester or Thomson Airways from London into Shamboree and then transfers up the hill. Uh, dedicated transfers all the way direct to direct to resort.
0: With the, the there are now problems about the ski train cancelling. That option is sort of practically gone. It has gone. Has gone. Yeah. It, it has
3: gone, and obviously environmentally, it's uh, it's a shame. It, I was quite surprised when I heard that they were just cancelling it completely. Once again, I, I guess it kind of narrows the choices of of how Brits can get to the Alps. Normally, at this time of year, we're just over fifty percent full for next winter. Actually, we're sitting currently at 46% full. So I'm really pleased. I mean, that's that's so close to, to our norm that uh, it's very encouraging.
0: What if people have to cancel at the last minute if there's a, a spike in COVID or something like that?
3: Well, it depends whether they have to cancel because they're ill. If they're ill, I think that they have to go to their insurance company for recourse. If we have to cancel, it would mean that there's been some sort of border shutdown and we have arrangements in place with both our chalet owners and our airlines to make sure that we don't lose out financially and we would then offer to our guests the choice of either deferring or taking a refund and if we couldn't refund in full then our atoll and our aptot bonds would come into place
1: why go with the tour operator tour why not just put together your own package (laughs) Well, yeah,
3: I mean, about 15 years ago, I think somebody said that the Shelley holiday package is dead because of EasyJet and Jet2 and all the rest of it. It didn't die. It might have got a bit of a cold for a while, but it didn't die. People like packages because they like things to be done for them. You want to disengage your brain when you go on holiday. You want to turn up at the airport and as soon as you're in the hands of, of the airline and the tour operator, you want them to take responsibility for anything which goes wrong, and you want to put your trust in them. Also, they are financially protected as a, as a package, whereas if you do certain elements separately, then you run the risk of, of having to try and chase some sort of independent shelley operator for money if things go wrong, or maybe the airline change the flight time, which means that your transfer no longer fits in perfectly. And all these things are a worry, and you don't pay money for a holiday, to be worried you pay to have a nice peaceful relaxing time there are lots of different ways of running a chalet holiday the way we do it is you can either have a shared chalet or your own private chalet so 33 chalets all together and you can you can either take as i say a a shared place in a chalet or you can have a a whole chalet to yourselves you will have a chalet host who will come in five mornings and make you a fresh cooked breakfast they'll also make you an afternoon tea And then they'll also come in in the evening and make you a three course dinner, which is served with unlimited red, white or rosé wines. The other two days, breakfast is prepared for you. It's laid out for you, but you actually make it yourselves. And dinner is in either one of the local restaurants or you could get a takeaway pizza, bring it back to the chalet. And the reason nowadays it's five days catering is because we have to fit in with the French regulations regarding maximum hours and our staff are only allowed to work 35 hours, and you can't run a six-day catered chalet programme properly with
1: 35 hours. Going back to the practicalities of skiing again this winter, will people have to wear masks on lift and in lift queues?
3: Well, I'm getting mixed reports from the Alps this summer. For example, in Zermatt, the chairlifts are running in exactly the same way, but you do have to wear a face covering on the bubbles or in cable cars. I imagine that would be a, a sensible precaution in the Three Valleys or Val d'Isere where we operate. But to be honest with you, who knew what was going to happen over the last six months? You know, we we just had no idea what was coming. And so I do think that things will take a change before the winter season starts. Who knows what, what could come in? Maybe we'll get a vaccine in, in, in that time. Maybe there'll be more information about how the virus spreads. Um, so the, the honest answer is I don't know. But I I guess the the resorts will want to take as many precautions as they can.
0: Do you think that resort restaurants will be running as usual?
3: As usual, I don't know. I think they will be running. They're certainly running this summer. I was out in the Alps speaking to some chalet owners and suppliers a couple of weeks ago and the Alps were absolutely packed with French. You know, the French have decided not to go uh, to Guadeloupe or Mauritius or wherever they normally go during the summer, and they've decided to go to the French Alps, which you know is, is a beautiful place to go. So the restaurants were actually
1: operating completely normally. Uh, if mountain restaurants aren't open, will you be supplying packed lunches to your guests? And things?
3: We'd happily do that. We've we've done that for years anyway. Uh, it is an extra cost, but it's it's very small in comparison to to what you'd pay on the mountain. So that's not a problem at all.
0: One other question: How much would? People expect to pay for one of your holidays for a week.
3: It really uh, it really depends on, on the week, but you can pay anywhere between sort of 850 and £2,300 for a package with us. And those packages include flight from either London or Manchester, although there is a supplement from Manchester, uh, and then transfers and catered Shelly accommodations. Only
1: one question about Brexit. The worry is that will people be able to get their bacon for breakfast and things like that? <laughs> <laughs> I know that normally you import quite a lot, but presumably you'll be doing that before December 31st. Yes, we,
3: we don't import fresh food, but we do take lots of things like Christmas crackers. I mean, we have, we, we buy hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Christmas crackers. We buy 25,000 tea bags every winter for our guests. Bacon and eggs and sausage we buy in local supermarkets or, or, or they're supplied by local people in, uh, down the valley.
0: And I assume that the tea bags are Yorkshire tea.
3: They are indeed. Every year on the 1st of August, we send out a a Yorkshire Day e-news because we're very proud of the fact that we are based in Yorkshire. And yes, this year, I sent an e-news out on the 1st of August. During lockdown, somebody told me that they were out walking one beautiful morning in in the fabulous Yorkshire fields. And he came across God coming over the stile, walking towards him. And he, he was rather shocked. And he said, blimey, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I'm working from home.
1: <laughs> you can find out more about Luski in our show notes or at www.luski.com. Now, Diane Palumbo is sales and marketing manager of Ski World, one of the largest independent UK operators. It goes to 39 resorts in Europe. In a normal year, they also offer holidays in 11 resorts in North America, although these are on hold at the moment. Like most operators in the face of Covid and Brexit, Ski Wild is dramatically pruning its property portfolio. So Diane, the ski industry seems to be in pretty big trouble internationally. Where do we go from here? Can it actually survive?
5: I think we will come out the other side if our governments are clever.
1: Yes, I think that's the problem, isn't it? Because it's, whatever you do as a tour operator, you're really at the mercy of the government of both countries.
5: Superb observation. And I'd throw in a third element, which is the politics between them.
1: So well, well, anyway, at the moment, it looks like we're back in business. That ski resorts are all gearing up to open at the end of November in, in Europe. We'll have some form of social distancing, no doubt, and perhaps some reduced capacity on some lifts. But it looks like a pretty normal winter, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, and what I would say is our colleagues across the whole of Europe, and you think about the quality of skiing in France, you know, it's just amazing. They are, like us, realising that a total shutdown of anything actually damages future generations. And when we say damages, we're not just talking economically because all the evidence shows if young people are unemployed for any length of time, it affects their life chances. And if people's income drops, it affects their health chances. So our colleagues in France currently, and I think in Austria too, are saying, you know, we can operate and keep businesses going, whilst ensuring that kind of safety. And I'm grateful that the summer is here because they're effectively practising.
0: <laughs> well, I think
1: that's a very important point. Uh, they're actually having a bit of a practice, and I know that in some ski resorts in France, in particular in Val and chine they've practiced social distancing and done all the things they have to do and it works so they're going to go ahead but what about other places what about Austria and Switzerland you go to and places like that
5: yeah I think I don't have the same amount of evidence you know France is a market leader resorts like team, world-renowned resorts they often set the tone for others so I have no doubt the resorts of the caliber of saint Anton and Scholl or even Salbach are going to be looking at their French competitors.
1: Now we've seen this huge reduction in the number of holidays available for this coming winter. We're talking 30 to 50%. It could even be much higher by the time we get into the autumn as more and more cuts come in because tour operators want to pare back and not take any risks. It's not that hard to find a holiday in terms of accommodation, but travel is going to be a problem, isn't
5: it? Yeah, I think I think there are two factors here. The, You know, I'm a tour operator, so I would say what I'm about to say. But part of our job is to check the quality and the safety standard, and let's include the social distancing, of all the accommodation we feature. So if we get it wrong, we are held to account quite rightly for that. Now, we all have got examples of online booking for, you know, I'm not saying Airbnb, but just, you know, for those kind of things, which don't have the same fire regulation checks or safety checks. And Now let's throw in biosafety checks into those. So around accommodation, I would say choose carefully, investigate, ask questions. And the other thing we all know that when you book through, certainly in the UK, a bonded tour operator, if we can't operate the holiday, I sit here now with about 98% of our customers having been refunded their money. We didn't do it in the regulation 14 days because you can't put a reservation system into reverse in 14 days, but we have just about completed it now. So those are the benefits of booking accommodation through a tour operator. You're right, accommodation will be more readily available than the transport, but we have some chalet owners who are now out of business we are selling their properties because of their changes in personal circumstances. So that will affect some of it. But the squeeze is more likely to be on transport and the trains where we had been gradually switching more of our customers to trains for environmental reasons as well as enjoyment reasons. But walking around on a, on a train across France, you actually get to see one of the most, well, I think one of the most beautiful countries in Europe we'd we'd wanted to switch more customers. And, of course, Eurostar are not running their direct train service to France. So we're looking at alternatives for that. But the squeeze will be on transport.
1: It's worth mentioning that uh, while Eurostar isn't actually operating its ski train, it's still perfectly possible to travel by train to
5: the Alps. Absolutely. I think British consumers, to a degree... Uh, have really enjoyed the convenience of getting on one flight or one train to go over. And it's just a little bit of education, certainly for some of our groups that travel together, about crossing Paris and picking up another train or flying to Paris and then picking up a train from there. So it's just a change that I think they've got to get used to. And do you think people will take trains to go to Austria? At the moment, our sales figures are actually showing a bigger propensity to self-drive to Austria, even though it's further
1: Mm. But uh, people, the convenience of going by car from across Europe this coming winter will, of course, be that you, you are in isolation in your car. But the concern for me is that the number of charter flights is right down, maybe half, maybe even less than that. Uh, and then we're left with the alternative, which are scheduled flights, which we don't really know the level of scheduled flights going to be uh, from January onwards. And certainly the number of uh, EasyJet and other, once what we used to call budget operators. Will be probably high sky prices, I don't
5: know. Yeah, they are arch-fluid prices because of the algorithms that they embed actually in the website. So if you're in London looking at an easy jet flight, you could be paying more than if you're in Kirklees in Scotland looking for an easy jet flight. They're extremely sophisticated at that fluid pricing. They are, at the moment, in very many instances, advertising incredibly low lead-in prices, because that is the hook that gets us all looking and interested.
1: That's the price for summer you're talking about at the
5: moment. mostly summer, but we've actually started to look at buying in some flights for January, where you would always expect to be paying much lower prices anyway. And at the moment, they're pretty low. As those begin to fill up, which they will, because of exactly what you said, the reduced capacity, the prices will go up. So you know the travel industry has said for a while you do often get the best deal if you book further advance or very very last minute while the very last minute will be squeezed because there isn't the same transport capacity that there was and it was often the transport capacity that drove a large part of those discounted prices so easyjet you know front loading their discounts is a prime example of why there's never been a better time to book earlier and on the transfers
0: will at the moment as things stand, will people have to wear masks as things stand at
5: the moment yes i think the wearing of masks is certainly the obligatory nature of it inside in the uk is relatively new but actually as we begin to get more used to that i think some of the barriers around that will begin to change and I suppose we got used to
0: wearing helmets for skiing. That's another thing like that. Uh,
5: Felice, you are 100% right because I resisted wearing a, a helmet and now I cannot even think of going out without one. And the feeling of wearing the helmet, I feel naked without it. Exactly, I agree with that. Yeah, so I think it's so new with face masks. We will, we will adapt.
1: I think also we, you know, skiing is somewhere where you cover up anyway. You come out of your apartment or wherever it may be in the morning, you get on a ski bus, uh, you're all togged up with everything. If you haven't got a neckband on that you would wear anyway, you can wear a mask, uh, you'll be completely covered. Your, your gloves, you've got, you know, your face is covered. Uh, you're wearing sunglasses probably or goggles. It doesn't make a lot of difference.
5: You're so right. Except
0: if you wear glasses, and that would include goggles and sunglasses, together with a mask, it steams the whole thing up so you can't see very well.
1: Now, in the Premier League of chalet companies, Consencio is a Chelsea, a Man United or even a Liverpool, attracting a global clientele. Priceways are at the very top of their game. Here's MD Kerry Tinley on their rather special chalets.
2: Well, we're a little bit different is that we rent ours exclusively. So it would be one family group or a group of friends that would come and they would rent the whole building. um, And so that they would be able to then dictate what they would like by way of service once they're there. So the kind of service we provide is very high end and very much like a five star hotel. But the clients get to choose what they eat, when they eat, how formal a service they want um, whilst they're there.
0: And I'm assuming when they get to the airport, you know, Geneva or wherever it is, they don't have to go on a coach?
2: Not at all. So whilst it's not something that's included, we only deal with from once they walk through the front door, our services. We work with partners, companies in the Alps, so they provide very high-end vehicles, four by four, caravels, or what we've seen even more is slightly more eco-friendly. So we're seeing Teslas being chauffeur-driven to the airport to pick our guests up and bring them back.
1: Or helicopter transfers. If they want a helicopter, you can find one for them.
2: They can definitely have helicopter transfer, yep, and then they just have the vehicle to bring the luggage following them on.
1: So presumably this is the, the plus side of the COVID situation for you, is that there are lots of people out there who who want privacy, uh, which they can't find in a five-star hotel, but more importantly now, they want safety, and you can provide that.
2: Absolutely. So, as I said before, because the property is rented in exclusivity, they don't have to fill all the rooms. They can, you know, our properties range from sleeping from 10 up to 15. But because it's only for them and they can dictate what happens inside, it does make it a lot safer. We have been speaking to our guests this season about what level of contact they want, what level of service they want, whether they want a contactless service. They don't want to actually see our staff. They'd rather they operated behind the scenes. So this, uh, to certain, will give comfort, I think, to guests in the current scenario.
1: And your message is the arts are open for business. Is that correct?
2: We are open for business. We're watching like everyone else is watching with the, the lockdowns and the, the different quarantine rules. But for our guests, I mean, we've been talking to them, and for them very much, it's how they can get to the resort safely. So some of them have been talking about private jets or self-driving down and then obviously a private transfer from the airport. And then once they're in, in the chalet, it's providing that level of comfort of um, not having so much contact. And all our suppliers in resort, they've been doing the same thing in changing their service to adapt. But we are definitely open for business. I mean, the mes- message we've had from all the Office of Tourisms is they're, they're open. They've been trialling this, this summer with regards to what kind of adaptations they need and what measures they're putting in place but um, it all seemed positive for the moment.
0: And where do you, most of your guests come from?
2: In a normal year, um, we only have about 40% UK clients. The rest is really spread throughout the world. We do have a fair significant amount in in Europe, but we have more and more about 5% South America, 5% from the USA. Um, We do have quite a high proportion of Russian clients. We have about 15% Russian clients, and we're seeing more and more from Australia. However, for this coming winter, we expect those percentages to change a little.
1: So are you looking to just get through this next season?
2: I don't we don't want to tread water if it's open we want to be open and we want every week full. I mean we finished and shut our doors on the 15th of March this year and we have many many clients who miss their skiing this winter we want to maximize and fill every week if possible and every client we've spoken to has said if we can ski we are going to ski this winter we've missed summer skiing is a big thing for us if we can come we will be there.
1: Can you give us an indication of the price range for a holiday? I know it's difficult because every property is different, but.
2: The real price range? Yeah, the very early part of the season, you can get a chalet for around 24,000 euros, um, which would be for a property that sleeps around 12 people. On the crazy weeks in Courchevel 1850, that Price can range up to €173,000, but it is for one of the, the property that won the world's best, or France's best ski chalet last year. And it's on the piste, and it's for the peak week of New Year. It ranges. It depends. Pick your week, depending on your budget.
1: But essentially, your holiday is accommodation, but you will supply all the extras. You yep. can arrange flights, you can arrange transfers, you can arrange... We have
2: partner companies, absolutely. We don't arrange it. But we, will, we have partner companies, and our clients can choose the best supplier that suits their requirements. Because all our clients are coming in from different areas, different um, needing different things. And our partner suppliers are much more well equipped for doing that. But we have ones that we've trusted and worked with for years. Your private concierge that you have at the point of booking will be with you the whole way through to help guide you and organise every single aspect for you.
1: Uh, you, and you can also arrange ski guides and all the different things you need inside a ski resort from kindergartens to lift passes to everything.
2: Absolutely. Everything from yeah, all your ski hire, your ski guide, nannies, and also the things that we don't think about, all the activities that are amazing that you can do because we do actually have a high percentage of clients that don't ski. And um, because they're coming, like I said, as the property is a family group. We often have part of the, the group that won't ski. So we will help guide them to the amazing activities that are available in resort um, and also help them with the restaurant bookings and that sort of thing too.
1: And Presumably your biggest worry is the so-called second wave, or if that comes during the winter. And we have a situation in which the French government decides that it doesn't want any more foreigners mm-hmm. going out. That is the real worry, isn't it?
2: Certainly is. And it's the what we're seeing at the moment is the speed at which they're locking places down or imposing quarantine. It doesn't really give our guests time to rearrange. So we'll remain flexible. We're offering very flexible terms um, with booking now and ultimately if if something means the clients have to cancel. So we're going to work with our clients to ensure if they can ski, they can. If not, we'll get them back out as soon as they can um, so they can enjoy their time in the chalet.
1: How do people book holiday? Go to your website?
2: With us, yeah. Please come to the website, um or drop us a, an email and sales at
1: We'll have details on our website as well.
2: Fantastic. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much indeed, Kerry.
2: No problem. Lovely talking to you.
1: And the final word goes to Holger Gassler from the Austrian Tyrol. Now, the Tyrol has some of the best skiing in the world. Unfortunately, this all came to an untimely end in March, but all resorts now preparing to get back to normal for this coming winter?
4: Yeah, um, well, I don't think you can say it will be normal, but all the resorts will open. Everything I think, will be on a short notice, like especially like will there be a second wave of COVID? Where will it happen?
1: Now, I know these haven't been finalised yet, but there will be uh, social distancing like everywhere else. Social distancing in terms of lift queues and uh, um, no doubt masks on the lift and things like that, which is. Uh, the world we're living in it's it's becoming the norm isn't it so
4: it is yes uh, i mean at the moment uh, cable cars are, are classified in in austria like public transport and so you have to wear masks in uh, in in public transport and in cable cars as well for the, for the summer season in the austrian Tyrol we have five glacier resorts which already start in uh, at the end of september for skiing so Uh, which is less crowded. If you can avoid half-term, then you definitely should do that. Maybe look for another, like a smaller ski resort, a a less crowded one.
1: So, Felice, are we any closer to finding out what the 2021 ski season is going to be all about?
0: I have absolutely no idea, Mm -hmm. and nor has anyone else. How about you? What do you think?
1: Well, I think there's definitely going to be a ski season. I think there are too many jobs in the Alps that are not just in the Alps, everywhere, that are entirely dependent upon skiing. So it will happen in one form or another. It's not necessarily going to be the kind of ski season that we would normally expect. It's going to be some fairly strange things like people skiing in masks and very muted nightlife, I expect, but there will be skiing.
0: I think a lot of people will drive rather than fly as well. We're certainly going to, if I come with you in December, we're going to drive and we're probably going to take our dogs as well for the first time ever.
1: Well, we could do that. I'm not sure we have the dogs on skis, but we'll certainly uh, have them on the snow.
0: I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a very different ski season to any we've known before.
1: I think that's absolutely certain. And my advice would be, if you're planning on doing this and planning on joining us in the, in the Alps, you should book now, not wait, because the reduced volume of the number of ski holders is so enormous, it really is, that it's going to be hard to find the right holiday.
0: And I think the same will go for flights. If you want to fly, you're going to have to book your flight quite soon to get, because I think the scarcity of flights will mean the prices will go up and up.
1: Well, certainly nearer the time the prices will, will go up. That's the way the algorithm always works. Uh, also, there's no ski train this year. The Eurostar is not running the ski train. That doesn't mean you can't go by train, because you can always go via Paris, but it's a little bit more inconvenient.
0: Yeah, I think we'll go by train. If we're not driving... I'd like to go by train, definitely.
1: I don't think the dog can go by train, so I think we've got to be driving. <laughs>
0: yeah, good idea. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, do please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or another of the many platforms that we're on. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with at least one other person. You
5: and you and me, It's it's just a crazy storm.